And uh, this is a reading from the New Testament where uh, an official, a teacher of the law, asked Jesus, really, how he sees the world. What rules should we live by? Well, hopefully you're interested in uh, what, how Jesus responds. In other words, how would you sum up the Christian faith is the question to Jesus. Thank you, Derek. Uh, we're reading from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second one is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and uh, there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding and all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him anything more. Thank you, Jerry. Just watch the step. Thank you, Derek. So what's important? What's the essence of Christianity? Some people say, oh, oh, not to do anybody any harm. But no, it's much more than that. Did you pick that up? It was love others as you uh, love yourself. And that's a very powerful and dynamic thing. But also often we miss, just like we may have missed on that awareness test, something important. The first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And that's what we're just going to focus on today. That we, In this church, we're looking at discipleship, what it means to be a follower of Christ at the moment. Is this God stuff real, is the first question. And if it is, then uh, yes, help me to live the right way and love others. And we keep needing to reassess that. And reassess when we look at the world and what's going on. Is this God stuff real? And I hope that today will be a, a help as we do that. just like to speak for a few minutes. Um, I don't know if uh, you like autobiographies or biographies. They're very popular at Christmas time. You may be getting this one. Some of you won't be getting it, will you, Adam? <laughs> Depends which side of uh, you're on. 
And, uh, but uh, people love life stories. And uh, I'm going to tell you two people's life stories today. I hope that it's of some interest. And the first one I'm a little nervous about because it's uh, the life story of me. And uh, normally it's not very interesting, but I've had a, an interesting time in the last couple of weeks, which I'd just like to, uh, to share with you. I was driving down to Birmingham for a meeting just under three weeks ago with Sally, my wife. All was well. Pulled into the service station to go to the toilet before the meeting. And then I could feel my head going funny. I just had a second, enough time to say, Sally. Sally will continue the story. You know, when you go to the service station, those of you who have handbags were kind of... I was putting my boots on and I was getting my handbag ready to go to the loo before the meeting. And um, I heard this kind of scraping sound and I kind of half looked up and I saw this black thing, you know, in the, the kind of edge of my vision going... And I thought, what's that? And then I looked um, again and I saw the concrete thing. You know, when you go up to services, there's that curvy bit as you go in, that really high curb. I saw that the car was scraping the curb. Now, having had two well, two young um, children at one point, um, learning how to drive, and I've become a really bad backseat driver. Anyway, so <laughs> I was going, I, I just turned to Andrew, Andrew, thinking he was having a really bad driving day, and as I said Andrew, he said Sally, and I looked at him, and I realised why he was badly driving, because he was just collapsed by the side, and his head was kind of down there. Now, we've got this kind of new car, um, which is <laughs> no longer, which um, it was an automatic car, and I don't know those of you who've driven automatics, you kind of think, where's the handbrake? Because that's the thing that you would think you would do, wouldn't you? Because you're kind of going 20 miles an hour down the road. I was looking for the handbrake and I couldn't see it. All I could see was the, the gear stick that isn't really a gear stick. And I could see the stop button that doesn't really stop the car. And I had, that was one second after the Andrew thing. And then I looked up and I saw a wall. And I saw um, a slope down to a petrol station. And I saw a grassy hump next to Costa Coffee. And I thought, what would you choose? I chose the grassy hump. So I drove the car slowly into the grassy hump and then the car turned over and then um, it stopped. And then I got out, of, you go like this, getting out of the window and got a few scratches and a poorly little finger, which is, I mean, it's just so tragic. Yeah, but anyway, but so I got out the window and then I went round to the other side of the car and I saw Andrew in there, by which time he'd woken up and he was looking about, although his glasses were elsewhere, so I think he probably thought he was in a bit of a dream. And then, I'll stop in a moment, and then I said, Andrew, I think you need to get out, and he kind of started to get out, and then his seatbelt was on, and then this guy, um, you can probably take over from now, this guy um, let his seatbelt off so he could get out of the window. So the first thing I knew was being upside down in the front of the car with glass everywhere, thinking, am I dreaming? Or have I really smashed up the car and um, turned it over? And that it was real. Um, thank you, Colin. That was uh, the car when we, uh, it got taken off. But it, it didn't look like that at the time, thank you. It was more like that. Um, I mean, I've just inverted the picture. We didn't take a picture at the time. So, and we walked away. What was going on then? Were we just lucky? 
Or was it a time of blessing? Was God looking after us? See, it's how you see the world, isn't it? Was it just, oh, that's a lucky thing that I came off the motorway 30 seconds before, been hurtling down the motorway? If I'd have collapsed then, well, I wouldn't have been here now, I guess. But I didn't. I needed the toilet. Praise the Lord for the toilet. (laughs) So I was going slowly. So what was going on? Was it just lucky or was it a time of blessing? Depends how we see the world. I see it as God's blessing that I know I'll die sometime, but this wasn't the time. I've still got more ministry. That's why I was so keen to lead worship today. Thank you, Colin. There's me. I don't know if you can see it because, uh, of course, you have this neck brace and, and all of that. But uh, thankfully, within a short space of time, they'd sort of done whatever they do. Thank you. And there I was in these rather fetching green pyjamas, sitting up in bed, feeling fine. Was it luck or was it a real blessing? The person that Sally mentioned that helped us out turned out to be a paramedic that was on holiday from America. He's an American major with the American Navy. How good is that? If you're going to crash your car, you need a paramedic to come and uh, and help you out. And uh, so was it just luck or was it a, a real blessing? There was another thing as well. Thank you, Colin. This is the... Uh, Well, the hospital I was taken to, Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham. Well, more accurately, this is the old version of it. And uh, when I phoned up my mum to say I've been in an accident, she said, where are you? And I said, the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. She said, well, you know the family history of that hospital, don't you? And I said, no. Very briefly, because time's going on. But my grandma's sister... They were all miners and the sisters, the women went into service, you know, as servants in big houses. She went to one of the big houses in Birmingham, the Vincent's house. Vincent's who owned Bluebird's Toffees. Some of you may have heard of it. It's a bit like Cadbury's, but for Toffees. And then she fell in love with uh, the young master of the house. They got married, and so she married into that rich family. We didn't get any of the money, by the way, so... <laughs> Um, uh, but her, f- the, her father-in-law, Harry Vincent, gave lots of money for this hospital to be built. And this Vincent Drive, which is the road that goes past it, and uh, he received a knighthood for, for that. So it just seemed, I'm not, I know that there would have been a hospital anyway in Birmingham, but it just seemed a completeness that the kindness of my previous relative led to me being looked after. And it's changed a little since then. Thank you. It's now brand spanking new three years ago, and it's one of the the best hospitals in the country, which I just happened upon. It's quite a famous place. Thank you. Do you remember Malala, the Pakistani girl that was shot by the Taliban? She was there and treated there. The soldiers go there. There's a floor that you can't go on. Um, uh, The soldiers go there when they return from overseas. And that's there. Thank you. And uh, so I quickly settled in and uh, joked with, um, well, with Sally when they put me in this single 
um, uh, bathe with my own ensuite facilities. All they must know about my family history sort of thing. <laughs> must know who I am. Then I got moved into a ward as well. Thank you. And that was the view that I'd got with the old hospital in the background in the, the new. Yes, please. So what was going on there? And how do I react? Well, medically, what was going on, I'd, uh, I'd had a, a heart problem since being diagnosed with a viral attack in April. And so they thought that it was a continuing this, that my blood pressure had dropped, my heart rate had dropped, that had led to the, the collapse. And so they began to investigate what could they do. And, uh, but, and they were considering putting in an ICD, a defibrillator, and a pacemaker, which sounded a scary thing. Uh, wonderful if you need it, but I didn't really fancy it. But then they contacted Warrington, and I'd had a 24-hour scan when I'd had a previous collapse. How good is that? If you're going to collapse, have a 24-hour heart monitor on so they can tell exactly what was the matter. Was that just lucky or was that blessed? I collapsed at the foot of a nurse. Thank you, Pam. Oh, she's in there. <laughs> and when they took the scan, because uh, they took a scan in Warrington, my heart was uh, severe damage. They took another scan in Birmingham and they said, we don't understand, we're bemused. The muscularly, it's almost right. What's going on here? So I said, well, there's lots of people praying for me. I think it's the power of prayer. Some of the doctors and nurses agreed with me. Some just looked dismissive. It depends how you see. Maybe it was lucky, maybe it was a blessing. Do you see what I'm getting at? And, and all of us, you need to think about my story, but also your story. What's going on? And so uh, I rejoice that I just needed a pacemaker, which was put in just over a week ago. And here I am to tell the tale, and um, I just rejoice in that. So was it just luck, or was it blessing, or was it swede? You know, that humble vegetable swede, because uh, th that hospital, they seemed to give you Swede with everything. It was, uh, it was most, uh, most odd. And um, uh, so is it the healing power of Swede? I don't know. But um, uh, I put it down to God's blessing. And God used me there. Um, uh, I talked to one man. You know, in hospitals, they pull the curtain around and imagine that it's private then. And this poor man was told by the doctors, there's nothing more we can do for you. And so I went over to him um, when it had all calmed down and uh, just talked to him and was happy to share with him about God. But he said, I don't want to know anything about God. I don't know if I'm going up there or down there, but I don't want to know anything about God. I just don't believe it. It's just a load of rubbish. Well, sadly, I think he's condemning himself. He went out. There was another man who came in who was really scared. He'd had a heart attack and Sally was able to pray with him. And then he was calm, and uh, I encouraged him to go to the service last Sunday. I hope he went in the hospital. So that was my story of the last few weeks. Just very briefly, somebody else's story, which might be more interesting. Thank you. Daniela Westbrook, some of you may recognize her. She's got an autobiography out. Thank you. There she is when she 
first burst onto the scene in, uh, in EastEnders as Sam Mitchell. And uh, she was there. Thank you. But then uh, you may uh, know that she developed a drug addiction, cocaine. She uh, destroyed the septum, her nose. There's a horrific picture which I didn't even want to, to show. She got into uh, a real mess. She got, um, uh, when she was pregnant, she even admitted she took drugs when she was pregnant. Even on the delivery ward, she took drugs. She was in a, such a mess. She got into great debt. Her lowest point was when uh, she was kidnapped by three thugs who sexually abused her for some days. What a terrible state she was in. But she's out of that. Was that just good luck? Or was that God's blessing? She said that she, uh, through Cocaine Anonymous, she, uh, they talked about a higher power. And now she knows that's God. She did go to church sometimes with her grandma. But that was a long time ago. So people encourage your children to come to church. Something struck a chord. And then at 3 a.m. at a particularly low time, she said this to God though she didn't really know if he existed. This is really hard. I can't do this on my own. But if I'm meant for more than uh, just to be working on TV and wasting my life doing other stuff, then you need to step in and help me out because I can't do it on my own. And God did. One day that she was walking along and somebody uh, just handed, you know how some people do, handed a leaflet for a church. And she was walking with a friend and she said, a friend said, that's my church. It's rad, which I, I think it means, I don't know what rad means, but um, anyway, it encouraged her. And so her and her husband went along, and they came to faith. So let's see the, the picture now. That's her now. Transformation. There's her children. Let's rejoice that her life's been transformed. Let's rejoice that uh, God, she realized, was real in her life. And now she tells others about it. And so I just encourage us all just to, to have an open mind, like I said about uh, the child, just as an open mind about things. As we just move into the last phase of the service, we're going to uh, sing a song, Here is Love, Vast as the Ocean. It's an old song. It's uh, about God's love. And, uh, and how God loves us. And just as we prepare to take communion, how God loves us and how we can love him. <laughs>